Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Welcome back to another edition of the Salas Pistons Podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Angwilano, and joining me this week is Aaron Johnson. Aaron, we can't figure out uh, how to get all three of us in a pod, but I think we're getting a little closer by you being here and Jasper being on the last two. It's just maybe next week we'll, uh, we'll be able to hammer that out. I can't believe that I've missed the last two weeks. I can't remember the last time I missed the show two weeks in a row. I mean, I know it's that probably been a while. We took a break. I mean, this is back when you weren't on that on the show for a while. We took a break, obviously, when the NBA stopped at the start of COVID. Um, other than That's that, right. I I can't remember missing back to back weeks uh, unless like we took as a show. We took the week off. I can't remember not being here for two weeks and it absolutely sucked. So I am pumped to be back. It's it's my fault again. I, I will take the blame this week that Jasper's not here because once again, we usually record on Thursdays. And for the last three Thursdays, I have had things come up. And this week I said, hey, you know, any chance we can record Wednesday? I got something that came up again on Thursday. Jasper, unfortunately, didn't have, uh, you know, the availability for, for Thursday to record. So he said, hey, Aaron, I know you've not been on the show for a few weeks. You guys do it Wednesday and and." So I'll take the blame that Jasper's not here. Not going to give him any, uh, you know, any any crap for not being here. Uh, it's it's my fault. But I'm 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 thankful to be back on the show. The listeners are going to be pissed because uh, there's not been as much complaining in the in the YouTube comment section or replies, <laughs> Facebook replies uh, the last two weeks. Now the number one haters back, and uh, I'm still ready to talk ball. I'm still ready to talk business. Well, let's get right in to it. But first like to thank our sponsor again for this week, and that's Bet Online. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get an analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, which fortunately are now over, but we're on to March Madness, right through to the Final Four and the National Championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag again a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit 
Just use the promo code believe B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Betonline where the game starts. Aaron, let's get right into the first topic for today. And we've had a lot of guys injured, not able to play for one reason or another. And that has allowed uh, for some of the fringe roster players to get a lot more time out on the court. We talked about RJ Hampton, who has made an impact. And perhaps most endearing to the fans, Eugene Amarui. 9.4 9.4 points, 3.3 boards, 50, sorry, 47% shooting. He just signed a second 10-day contract with the Pistons. He's played pretty well. I mean, all things considered. Uh, and then RJ Hampton, 7 points, 2.4 rebounds, just over an assist per game on 43% shooting, but 44% from three. It's hard to really assess some of these guys based on how badly the Pistons beat the Indiana Pacers. And, RJ Hampton was scorching that game. Um, Hampton has a contract that's non-guaranteed for next year, but it is guaranteed for the rest of this season. So Eugene Amarui, RJ Hampton, they have gotten an opportunity to play and uh, you know, they are making the most of it. What are, what are your thoughts on those two guys as, you know, as, as they see a, a minutes uptick given some of the injuries around with Kate Cunningham and Boyan Bogdanovich uh, and Isaiah Livers and Sadiq Bay being traded out. Yeah, I mean, both these guys have, have certainly made the most of their minutes uh, on a roster that's just been absolutely depleted uh, since either of them got here. You know, with the Pistons resting, shutting down, sitting, uh, so many guys, a couple of guys that are actually injured, not playing. Um, these guys have gotten a real opportunity to step in and contribute. and. You know, I'll say at, at the forefront of this, long-term, next year, you know, I don't know if either of these guys are on the team or impact players. But from, from what we've seen from each of them so far, Omarui and Hampton have both had their moments. Um, you know, they were playing an Indiana team a couple times who were playing, you know, without Miles Turner, without Tyrese Halliburton, Um you know, without some of their their key pieces, obviously, on both sides of the floor, same as the Pistons were. But it, it was really just, uh, you know, you get a couple games where it just was that pickup basketball feel. Bunch of guys who didn't always get a ton of minutes, didn't always get a ton of burn, haven't been with the team for forever, just going out there and playing. No real, you know, lineups with a bunch of chemistry and minutes together, just going out there and playing basketball. And, and both these guys, you know, definitely had a couple nice games and, each of them, you know, they've only played. Hampton's only been here for 10, 10 games. Omarui's only been here for seven. Um, but but they are making an impact. I think the biggest thing with both of them that I think is is easiest that jumps off the screen is they're two guys that have really competed on the defensive end of the floor. And for a Pistons team that has consistently been so bad defensively, has lacked intensity on that side of the court all season long, it's nice to see a couple guys come in and, and really give an effort on that side of the court and, and and make some plays on that side of the court that have led to some turnovers, have led to some transition opportunities. And it makes the, the times when they do score the ball, when they make a nice play on the offensive side of the floor, just that much sweeter. It stands out more. It pops more because on the other end, they're actually going down there and they're competing and they're, and they're trying to get stops. And 
even if the team as a whole isn't playing good defense, those guys in their minutes have competed on that side of the court. And we've heard it, you know, on the broadcast in, in all, you know, a lot of these games that they've been out there is it's something that's really being noticed. You know, even, you know, George Blaha, great color, play-by-play color commentators uh, on Valley sports Detroit, like they're even noticing like, Hey, these guys are actually competing on that side. And, uh, it's definitely stood out. I, I can't complain about the way either of them are playing. You know, Omaru is shooting 22% from a three-point line. He's never really been uh, a three-point shooter. That's something that's concerning moving forward. RJ Hampton shooting 44% in, you know, the 10 games he's been with the team. But before that, you know, he shot 34% this year with Orlando, uh, 35% last year, 31% in his rookie season, 116 games with Orlando was a 34% uh, three-point shooter, you know, over the last three seasons. Uh, I don't buy into that 44% shooting over 10 games with Detroit from beyond the arc. You know, I don't think he's some 3 and D guard that uh, has all of a sudden figured it out. I think it's a byproduct of he's getting a lot of minutes right now. Uh, the Pistons are putting the ball in his hands. They're, they're forcing him to make plays, make decisions, be a threat out there, you know, the same way they're doing with Killian Hayes, the same way Corey Joseph's having to do that they're so depleted on guards in the rotation right now that the few that they have are being forced by, by nature of the beast that like you've got to go do something. You're going to play 20, 30 minutes. You've got to be able to make some plays. You've got to be willing to take some shots and Hampton's been taking them and making them. And he's, he's certainly shown some nice things. Don't want to take anything away from them, but you know, these guys are also byproducts of, of, of what's going on. It's byproducts of how they got here. You know, neither of these guys were, great prospects or anything of that nature. You know, Hampton kind of has fizzled out throughout the first few years of his NBA career. Omarui's already 25. He was a rookie last season. You know, he played a fifth year of college. Um, so these guys aren't necessarily star-studded prospects. I know Hampton was a little bit of a bigger name going into uh, his year overseas, you know, the year leading up to the NBA draft. But by the time the draft came around, he had already, you know, sort of fallen out of that top five where he was ranked prior uh, to the draft prior to the season. And then he ended up getting drafted a little bit later, but both these guys playing well, I, again, I don't know what their future looks like with the Pistons. I think they've made the most of the minutes and, you know, we'll see what they do over, over the rest of the season. Perhaps there's summer league guys next year, like, like training camp guys next year, and they get another op- couple opportunities there to prove their worth. But I like what I've seen from them so far. I don't know if at this point in the year, it means enough. I mean, you do tend to see it at this point of the season. And we've right. seen Detroit over the last few years. You know, you think guys like Tyler Cook, who's come in and, and, and just a byproduct of those minutes. You know, he's making plays, showing up in the, in the box score more. Uh, but what they've done is is, is good, and it, it, it's helped this team. And you know, I don't want to take anything away from them in that regard. Yeah, they both played well. And, you know, you touched on what their future is going to be. And it's unclear. I think if both of these guys are on the roster to start next season, then they're not going to see the floor um, at all. And maybe it's a bad sign if they're both on the roster. RJ Hampton's non-guaranteed. I would imagine the Pistons are going to be more in the market for a veteran point guard or shooting guard to try to shore up the team. And I'm not even sure if Hampton's playing, if Alec Burks is healthy. So, I mean, he's probably not on the roster. Um, they're probably just taking a flyer on a guy who was a high-end prospect, who was the odd man out in a very guard-heavy roster 
in Orlando, especially after Markel Fultz came back and played well. There was really no need for RJ Hampton. Amarui is a little more intriguing, I think, um, given that he's just at a position of need right now at, at wing. Um, but again, I, I don't think he's going to be on the roster to start next year. I think training camp, summer camp type guys, um, you know, who are there to get the most of minutes and maybe be trying out for another roster that has more of a use for them. But, you know, there's no denying that they've been fun to watch at a point in the season on a team that has not had a whole lot of fun to cheer about lately between everybody being basically inactive. You know, you, you're, you are running out like zero starters uh, from opening night at this point. So it's tough. Um, but the future, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. If any of these guys are on the team, it's not a good sign, but maybe they come back for um, summer league and, uh, you know, we see what happens maybe in training camp and then they get whittled out. The fact of the matter is both these players are probably playing for the ability to stay in the NBA. I mean, RJ Hampton's on his third team. He didn't make it work in Orlando or in Denver. Um, it wasn't really until that Pacers game uh, where he was shooting the lights out that I felt he had any real spot uh, long-term. So yeah, it's, it's probably going to be just finish out the season and, um, you know, go into summer league and training camp and then probably wave both of these players by then, if, if not uh, before. So, Weekly stock report. I think Jasper and I missed this last week, actually. We just had so much to talk about. We both wanted to talk about Jaden Ivey and his ability to pace an offense and shoot the ball, uh, and particularly his passing. And I think we just forgot to do stock down, guys. So um, I guess before we go into stock report, any other roster additions that are kind of fringy that you wanted to touch on? You haven't really mentioned much about James Wiseman. Do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to talk about that in our looking forward to the rest of the season uh, discussion. I think, I think that fits best for what I want to talk about with him. I, I think it fits best for our, our conversation later in the show. Okay. All right. So stock up, stock down, stock up. You have Corey Joseph. Speaking of guards that are getting a lot more minutes than we probably want to watch. Um, tell me about why you have Corey Joseph in your stock up. Just a byproduct of, of the minutes he's gotten. I mean, look, Everybody yeah. is so tired of Corey Joseph. Like he's been in Detroit now for I mean, He's one of the longest tenured Pistons on, on the team. Uh, you know, everyone is over the years, like wanted to see all the other guards play over him. So he gets so much flack, but he's also been like really, really solid for Detroit this month. I mean, he's had six double digit scoring games out of the eight games that he's played in this month was huge in the win against Indiana I mean, he's just been playing real good, solid basketball. And it's like everybody gives him so much flack. Everyone's so sick and tired of him. It's like the least we can do is when he's playing this productive, when he's playing this efficient, uh, he's making the impact that he's making off the bench. Like, let's at least give him that that little bit of recognition at the end of the year that when it's said and done, like Corey Joseph is not the worst backup, you know, third, fourth guard, fourth guard off the off the bench. He he's not flashy. He's not uh, an exciting young prospect with a bunch of potential. He doesn't do anything that like stands out. He just kind of plays the game and 
I mean, he's been great lately. You know, double digit scoring in in all six of of Detroit's last six games. Been very very efficient shooting the ball this month. Fifty four percent from the field, forty eight percent from the three point line. He's moving the ball. Uh, just under five assists per game. I mean, you just got to give him credit when you know at this point of the year. Look, we've already talked about Anthony. We've already talked about Omarui. Uh, let's give it to someone else. And I, you might want to talk about those guys even more in this segment. So I wanted to go with someone different, someone that I know that I've said, you know, plenty of times, like, oh, I'm so sick of Corey Joseph. Like, I want to see Cunningham, Jay Kelly yeah. Hayes, whoever else has been on this roster. I just want to see him play because they're young guards with that quote-unquote potential. Um, but Joseph's been rock solid, and I want to give him credit for that. I mean, there's not – the Pistons are, what, 16 and 54? Like, it doesn't hurt to give this guy a little bit of credit at this point. You know, he's he's a vet's vet. You know, he is a veteran. He goes out there. He plays. He reminds me of his former teammate, George Hill, on the other side. A bad Indiana team that started off well, has not played that great lately. They're injured, but know who's out there fighting and competing and doing a full court press at the end of the second half? George Hill. At, at the end of the second quarter, George Hill. Um I'm cool with Corey Joseph. I am on the bandwagon of I hate seeing him. I would rather watch RJ Hampton play just because you don't know what you're going to get out of RJ. But, uh, yeah, Corey Joseph, vets, vet, stabilize things. I'm going with another veteran on the roster, and that's Rodney Magruder. 38 minutes against Washington. He's had double-digit points in three straight games. Get this, he's hit 11 threes in his last three games. He was four for nine against Washington. Four for five against the Pacers in game two and three for five in game one on March 11th. Another veteran player who stepped in, takes on some minutes, and has played fine. There's a huge lack of wings on this roster, especially with Bogdanovich and Livers out. And Magruder has come in. He didn't shoot particularly well last game out against the Wizards, but still had 16 points. A vet's vet. 38 minutes. Uh, for a guy who was probably not expecting to play that maybe in a month, like in a month's time, he comes out and he does that against Washington. Um, you know, just good things to say. He was almost traded. He came back. All, all of the team last year was happy to see him come back. Uh, he's just nice to have in the locker room, one of those veteran glue guys. And he has come out and he's played pretty well when his number's been called. And unfortunately, due to injury, that's been called upon too often (laughs) but I think he's played well and much like Corey Joseph I think he deserves his flowers as well for just being a vet you know he just goes out and he just plays I agree I I I mean recruiter's been one of those guys who's always see the floor but comes out and he plays you know he plays and you could have gone with a couple different guys right you know obviously everyone's been infatuated with Omarui um why not give the vets a little bit of love at this point of the year? I agree. I agree. Um, a lot of, I mean, those guys have been riding the bench all year and now they're coming in and they're playing really meaningful minutes um, in otherwise, in an otherwise lost year. Now, what about your stock down? Who do you have for your stock down this week? I feel like I've had him multiple, multiple times this year. And that's Marvin Bagley. You have. He just, yeah. he just can't stay healthy. He just can't. And he's out now again with an ankle injury. Started the season with an ankle, excuse me, a knee injury. Then came back, got, he broke his wrist or whatever, broke his hand. 
was just coming back from that, you know, only played in a handful of games and he's already out again with an ankle injury and the dude just cannot stay healthy. This isn't something new. Every season he's injured every season. He's missing extended periods of time. And I'm not a big fan of him when he's on the court anyway. So the guy just can't stay healthy. You could say the same thing about Isaiah livers uh, out again, just another guy that is always hurt, always missing time. And it's just disappointing. It, it is. I, I, maybe I should have gone livers now that I, I, I mentioned him because he got hurt again. Both right. of guys could be it, I guess. I can I can I do a dual pick? I don't know if you were going to go livers. Well, m- mine was Isaiah Livers, and I think I picked him a couple of podcasts ago because of his injury problems and given the amount of playing time he has available to him, and just not being able to stay healthy really limits his ability to demonstrate what he can do because there is going to be a need for a wing, maybe not a starting wing next year, but you're going to need a wing who can play some defense and who can take some spot up threes. And he has the perfect opportunity to do that with Bogdanovich out and Alec Burks out and just the myriad of shots that are available. He has the opportunity to really demonstrate that he could be a piece next year and he's injured again. So livers was my pick. Um, so don't feel too bad. You can continue down the Marvin Bagley train of pain. It just sucks. Yeah, I mean, they just can't I stay really, healthy. It's, it's I really want to see Isaiah Livers play. Like, once it was reported the Pistons were going to essentially shut down Bogdanovich for the year, Hamadou Diallo got hurt. It's like Isaiah Livers was the last man standing. And, you know, we talked at the beginning of the season, before the season started, like, Jasper was really pushing, like, Isaiah Livers should start for this team. And he was going to get all that opportunity and more. And, again, just – gets hurt i don't know what it is it's unfortunate because i really really wanted to see what he could do and i really want him to be able to build off these last 15 games of the year to take something into the offseason to take something into next year because yeah like the pistons do need him they they traded sadiq bay and it's really left to him and bogdanovich as the wings on this roster if you want to throw hamadou diallo in there as well you can toss him in there but like a team that desperately needs someone to emerge on the wing. And they're all, it was all up to Isaiah livers and right away he's out again. Yep. Yep. And he's got a hip injury. He's not going to play against Denver. That would be today. If, if you were listening on the day that this podcast comes out, it does get a couple days. Business don't play again until Sunday when they play Miami. Um, so hopefully he can come back for that game, but, uh, yeah, disappointing, uh, for Isaiah livers and, um, it's unfortunate for the Pistons for many different reasons. We've talked about how all year, this is an evaluation period of of what's going to stick around. And, you know, Isaiah livers has the, there, there is the body of a, of a good wing in there. You can, you can see the, the structure of a wing who can body up other players who can knockdown threes a three and d wing is like the most coveted asset in the nba right now and you know he he has the makings of being that just needs to be able to stay on the court and so speaking of looking at the rest of the season you know we have 12 games left injuries are just knocking guys down left and right 
Bogdanovich is pretty much done for the year. Alec Burks has been hurt. Hamadou Diallo is hurt. Isaiah Stewart is out for the rest of the year. We just talked about Livers and Bagley. Um, what are you going to be looking for the rest of the year? It doesn't have to be a player. It could be, you know, a battle between two players to see how they are going to work out next year. You know, it could be the two bigs. Like, personally, I'm looking forward to seeing how in the hell they're going to play James Wiseman and Jalen Duran at the same time using Wiseman as a four. It's a terrible idea. I hope that the Pistons don't actually go through with this, but you traded for Wiseman when you already have Jalen Duran. Are you going to try to play them at the same time? I mean, again, hopefully not. Wiseman was four for 15 shooting against the Wizards. He was 0 for 1 from deep. Um, (laughs) this This is the time to just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks, but that's what I'll be looking at, and then the backcourt as well. But what are, what are you going to be looking at as we round out the season all already? Just twelve games left. That that is crazy. It's insane that we've it's already gotten to this point of the year. I mean, it's been a tumultuous, disappointing season, but it's crazy that we're, we're twelve games away from the end of it. Um, I said I'd talk about Wiseman. It's connected to Jalen Duran. Are the Pistons? going to continue to start James Wiseman over Jalen Duran. Duran's been back for four games now. He's been capped at 24 minutes, I believe, is the most that he's played over the last four games, only played 18 on Tuesday uh, against Washington. And I'm very curious if that is more of a just came back, missed a couple weeks with some ankle soreness, we're not rushing him back. Or if it's, we really want to see James Wiseman, so he's playing over Jalen Dern. Or is it, we like James Wiseman more than Jalen Dern? And that would be absolutely insane. I think it's far-fetched, so I don't I don't want to believe yeah. that that's true. Well, for what it's worth, Jalen Dern was in foul trouble in the first half, which limited him to, you know, just, he had less than 10 minutes in the first half against the Wizards. He may have had less than eight or seven minutes, so... He was in foul trouble, so that game was kind of, kind of an anomaly. And I think he was off the bench due to just coming back, and there's no real reason to. I mean, that is a guy that is the starting center next year. Probably not evaluating him like you are, James Wiseman. Uh, but yeah, I I think it was a a symptom of he, he was just coming back, and he got into foul trouble in the first half, and they really couldn't play him. I think he only played like 17 minutes that game. Or, Maybe less. I want to hope that you're right, but like, what about Isaiah Stewart? And what about the report that said the Pistons want to start James Wiseman uh, when they traded for him? And I mean, Wiseman is starting right now. So it's like, I want to believe that. I want to believe Jalen Durant's the starting center next year. But the minutes that he's played since he's come back, to me, are concerning totally get the foul trouble last game, limiting him in the first half. But, I mean, 18 minutes, 20 minutes, it's just just not enough. And he's been good. You know, he's he's certainly trying some more stuff right now. I think uh, oh, seeing James yeah. Wiseman come in and, and, and seeing what he tries to do offensively, like we saw Jalen Dern come out 
that first game back on March 9th and was already trying some different post hook stuff, post move stuff, even a little bit of like a jump shot that we really haven't seen from him. Um, So he's certainly letting some things fly offensively that maybe aren't natural to him or are new to him, but he's still been very, very effective uh, in, in, in the minutes that he's played. And, you know, I'm also curious like you are, if they're going to play Wiseman and Duran together, but I'm also curious of what's the pecking order look like between those two. And, you know, I, 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 it sounds like Isaiah Stewart's out for the remainder of the year. It sounds like they're essentially just shutting down Bogdanovich, Stewart, Diallo, maybe Alec Burks as well. I mean, that's another guy that hasn't played for, uh, you know, the last 10, 11 days. Um, right. So they're, they're, they're shutting down a lot of these guys. So you're not sure how it, it really pans out because you don't have the full scope of everyone being active. Now Bagley's hurt again. Now Livers is hurt again. Those other guys that could be getting some minutes in the front court. Um, but I'm, I need to, I need some more clarity on how they're going to manage Duran and, and Wiseman. And I'm not super high on Wiseman. I don't think he does anything that, that, that stands out. You aren't? No, no, believe it or not. Believe it or not. <laughs> Um, a lot of I'm guys stunned. do 10, 12, 14, 16 points a game, you know, standing, plotting themselves under the rim uh, and waiting for the ball, getting three second violations late in games because they want the ball and they're not moving unless they get it. Uh, a lot of guys can do that and end up getting you 15, 16, 17 points a game. Um, those guys don't make it in the league. And, you know, I know everyone's going to say, Wiseman's young. He's got to learn. He's already said he's got to get better at screening. And it's like, okay, then let's see it. Like, he's got 12 more games this year to do it. Let's start to see him do it. Um, he's not, like, been as bad as thought he would be. He's still not good defensively. Um, but there are some things there where it's like, okay, like, if you could get him to do the right things offensively and learn how to – at least make some sort of impact defensively. Like you could get 15 minutes a game out of him, 16, 16 minutes a game out of him. Um, but the fact that he's playing more than Jalen Duran right now, that that's something that has to change by the end of the year, because Jalen Duran is this team's center of the future uh, has shown more than Wiseman is it's better than Wiseman at this point already in their careers. Um, and that's, that's really it for me in, in regards to those two. Like I, this team needs to be committed to Jalen Duran and not loving the minutes distribution right now between those two. Hopefully it's just a, a byproduct of Duran's coming back and there's only been four games or whatever, but that's something that I'm watching. And then, yeah, what what is uh, what is the guard rotation looking like the rest of the year? I mean, Killian Hayes is going to get all the opportunity in the world again. I don't think he's been very good. You know, he had that one, two-month stretch where he was pretty solid, but then he went back to being just pretty abysmal. and. He's getting all the minutes in the world right now, getting all the opportunity in the world right now. Hampton, Omarui are going to continue to get that. Um, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to bring back Burks if it continues to trend this way. Um, for the rest Jones, of the year. Yeah, for the rest of the season. So it doesn't, you know, the, right. the, their guard rotation is kind of going to be very lackluster, pretty boring to end the season. But that's just me saying that. And, you know, a lot of people still – very, very strong believers in what Killian Hayes can do and what Killian Hayes can become. You know, I've, I've just at this point fallen off that that boat, and you know, it's going to be a prove me wrong uh, type situation right. for me to ever jump back on board with that. 
Do you think he's done enough? I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you do you think he's done enough to be the backup point guard next season, or are we looking at he's going to be the third point guard? I personally, I don't. I don't because you're going to have Kate Cunningham back, right? Jaden Ivy, uh, who I hope they're not shutting down for the year. I hope they give Jaden get Jaden Ivy back in the. He form. he is supposed he's probable to play against Denver, and that's okay. as of one hour ago. So he should be on the court. Cool, because I'm going to be at that game tomorrow night. So tonight, if you're listening to this on release day, yeah. <laughs> hopefully Ivy's playing. Hopefully We've ruined the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's good here. But you're gonna have you're gonna have Cunningham and Ivy next year, right? Alec Burks is going to be back. Um, Ideally, this team gets another guard that can shoot, space the floor, uh, do those types of things. And God, at this point, it's like how many, op- like how much more opportunity can Killian Hayes get to like show he's like an average backup guard? Like it's not even like we're talking about him. It's like he's been good, but he's not like starter good. So he'd be good to have off the bench. It's like he's been just bad. And he has a couple of games here and there where it's like, okay, like if he could do this consistently, then yeah, he wouldn't be a terrible backup guard. But the pendulum just swings so drastically with him one way or the other. Um, And again, the Pistons are going to need more spacing next year. Uh, Heck, who knows what happens if they end up with, you know, the number two pick. And it's like, what if they do take Scoot Henderson? So there's a lot of different factors, obviously, that, that play into that, that question. But, you know, in my mind, I don't think the Pistons should be tying themselves to the idea that Killian Hayes is going to be the backup point guard next year. I certainly at this point, just, I'm just not a believer in that. Again, if he comes out and he he proves me wrong for, you know, a full season's length, like fine. I just don't know if you can look at what he's done in his career so far and, and believe that that's going to turn around because I just don't see it. So, So he had 10 points, 11 rebounds against Indiana. In that second game, which, by the way, the Pistons demolished the Pacers by a ton. A ton. Amarui was a plus 24. Corey Joseph was a plus 23. Killian Hayes was a minus 11. In a game, the Pistons won by 20 and were up by 30-plus. I don't know how that's possible. Uh, with 10 points and 11 boards to still be a minus 11. James Wiseman was... Uh, a minus one for what it's worth. Um, I, I mean, I agree. I don't think he's he's done enough to be the backup point guard. He's probably done enough to stay on this roster next year, um, but I don't know beyond that. I mean, he still isn't a very good shooter. There are moments where you watch him drive to the rim and he uses his body and looks very, very in control. And you're like, oh. He's, he's capable of that. And then there's times where he throws up a fadeaway one-legged jump shot from just outside the paint, and you're like, what are you doing? Um, he, he, You know, the pendulum does swing very wildly with Killian Hayes. Um, but R.J. Hampton is also vying for kind of a similar role in that backcourt for next year. Hampton has looked like a little bit of a better shooter. He's still pretty erratic, I would say. Um, do you think there's any competition between Hampton and Hayes, or is 
you know, if you had to pick between one of the two to be on the roster for next year, who would you be picking? Oh, God. What a tough question. Because <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, if I go off what I said earlier, which is, you know, Hampton's playing well right now, but there's no history that suggests this is like the usual for him. No. Uh, you know, as a what fifth guard, I guess I'd say Killian Hayes. Um, I would probably agree. The fact that it's this much of a question, like, doesn't that concern you? <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, it does actually. Yes, like, isn't that disappointing <laughs> that we're that that's like an actual question that we're thinking about? Because Killian Hayes has gotten all the opportunity in the world this year. And outside of a good month and a half, there have been so many bad, bad games uh, that it's just really, really tough to buy into to what he can do. Right. And he is pretty limited. Um, and as as a shooter, I'm, I'm not buying the RJ Hampton shooterness right now. It's 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 just not something I really believe in. He looked great against Indiana, but everybody looked really good against Indiana. Right. right. So you had you can throw that game first out. Quarter of that game and finish with ten, and it was against that that first quarter defense was. I mean, defense the whole game from Indiana was embarrassingly bad. But I mean, they were awful. God, I I remember one possession where Isaiah Jackson who already picked up two fouls. You know, Killian was in transition or whatever. Jackson was kind of back in the paint, and he literally just like turned and just like essentially and told him, hey, like, just take the layup. Like, I'm not going to try to block you and get called for right. a Um Right. You know, so and, I – You yeah, know, there are it, things like – there was there was a fast break with Hayes running, running the fast break, and he can recognize that the way that the Pacers were laid out defensively, there was almost nobody beyond the free throw line. There was no back line defender. And he's able to see that, and, you know, he's able to charge in. And that was the same play where he used his shoulder to create just a little bit of separation. There are moments like that. And you think, oh, you know, okay, he can, he can recognize that. He can make a play. He could use his body and all that is great. But in the same vein of me not really believing in RJ Hampton's shooting, I don't necessarily believe that that's going to be the norm for Killian Hayes from here on out. Right. Right. It's just so hard to, the highs and lows with him, you know, it's just so hard to buy into to him ever really fully putting it together. And when you, I mean, obviously for next season, it's like it doesn't hurt you to keep killing Hayes. It's not like he's hitting right. a, a ton of cap space. But the year after, you know, you you have you have to extend him. So or or you let him walk. So yep. it's like, you know, at that point, does it does it really mean anything to keep him if you don't? It, like, I mean, right. It's just it's disappointing. We're we're continuing to have this conversation, like. Was really hoping that at this point this year, it would be, we would know like, hey, Killian is actually a player. He's kind of figured some stuff out, but we just haven't. We just haven't. Nope. Nope, we haven't. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to the rest of the season, 12 games, anything that you want to want to see? Because, you, I mean, you probably won't be seeing Bogdanovich and those guys, which is unfortunate, but anything else that you're looking forward to as we wrap up the season and as we wrap up this podcast um no i mean you know there's only so much you can look to see with the group that that's left playing i want to see more ivy minutes at the one uh if he's back which fingers crossed he's playing tonight 
Um, I want us to continue to see him play minutes at the one. I thought those were phenomenal, phenomenal minutes. And it's exciting to me that he is is showcasing that he can can do that. That's not something that I really fully believed in when I, you know, watched him at Purdue and watched him throughout the scouting process. Like that wasn't something that was necessarily on my mind. Thought he was more of a two, but if like if he could do this much initiating and and he's gotten so much better at reading defenses, knowing how to manipulate his body, his speed, when to, you know, speed it up, when to slow it down. Like that's really, really encouraging because that's going to be going to make life easier for Kate Cunningham. Uh, we're going to allow him to play oh, yeah. a little bit more. And that's, that's really, really encouraging to me. So hopefully Ivy's back and hopefully the Pistons commit to playing him some more at the, at the point guard spot uh, over these last 12 games. Yeah. Jasper and I touched on last week, his ability to stop and start and see passing lanes is getting better and better every game. And I, I said last week, the game is actually slowing down for him and you can see it happening over the course of, you know, the last like 15 games or so where he's able to make reads in the pick and roll. He's able to make reads in transition. He can see the floor differently. You know, he's still going to turn the ball over a lot because that's what young ball handlers do, <laughs> um, especially when they're trying to play make. They're, they're just going to make mistakes. Um, but it, the game is actively slowed down for him, and you can see it happening. I mean, to get 13 assists, with some of the shooting that he's had around him is nothing short of a miracle. And I believe he had 13 assists against, uh, I can't remember who, but he had 13 assists and he had 12 assists in one game prior. The game is definitely slowing down. I'm also looking forward to seeing some more Jaden Ivey at the one minutes. Uh, he, he looks like a star in the making. Just seeing the game slow down for a young guy like that is just so, so encouraging. Because you see all these teams with rookies. I mean, you, you see the Pistons with a ton of young guys that the game isn't slowing down yet for them, and they're not able to, you know, see that. Um, they're not able to see the game like like they need to, <laughs> like the uh, in the Pistons game against Dallas, where Sadiq Bay drove right into the rim and had an easy dump off pass to Jalen Duran in a dunker spot would have been an easy two. I think it would have either tied the game or given the Pistons the lead late in the fourth. And he just charged forward. Didn't even, didn't even look and just threw up a shot. That, that was an instance of, okay, all right, we, we have to move on. We, we, we can't go on like this. <laughs> um, so to see it happen with Ivy uh, in a positive way is, is, is really nice to see. So I'm also looking Jaden Ivy at the one. Um, minutes. See that tonight. Tonight, not tomorrow. tonight. Illusion fixed. Yes, we solved it. Good. Space time. The space time continuum is all good. Uh, all right. Anything else, Aaron? Before we wrap up this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast? No, it's good to be back. Really, really hoping we can figure out next week getting all three of us on the show. No, I apologize. Not been on my A game. But hopefully we can hopefully we can get it get it good for next week. Get all three of us on the show. Oh, but hey, like like Corey Joseph and like Rodney Magruder, Jasper and I step right in as the veterans of POP, and we're just able to handle the podcast. Able to just do our job. Yeah, I'm I'm the Killian Hayes of the Palace Business Podcast. <laughs> yes, you're very controversial. <laughs> People love me or hate me. There's really no in right. 
No. The pendulum just swings so widely, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, Aaron, thank you for coming back on the pod. It's good to have you back. Hopefully, we'll get all three of us back on the podcast for next week. I want to thank our sponsor for this week's podcast once again, Bet Online. This edition of the Palace Business Podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. So, for my co host, Aaron Johnson, I am Mike Angolano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, and we will see you all next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.